music, history, faith, life, minutia, and more, all faithful companions as we take another trip around the sun. Another Trip Around the Sun podcast is powered by Anchor, the free podcasting app that makes podcasting a breeze. And again, it's free, so why not give it a try? Check out anchor.fm backslash app to begin your own podcasting journey today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Thursday, October 27th. I am your host. As always, I am Gary Ryan, because I can't see being anybody else <laughs> okay, so, um, alright, what are we going to go to today? Uh, i tell you some stories. Um, is sometimes, as I'm driving my truck, things just pop into my head at random, and uh, which triggers other thoughts, and so, in the minutiae, this starts rolling but anyway I got a song stuck in my head yesterday and I mean all day long it was it was stuck in my head Um, it's from Kansas from their album Vinyl Confessions and the song is called Catching Shadows or Chasing Shadows excuse me and kind of starts off Some of you may know me, and others of you won't. I am just a player in the band. And, yeah, you're welcome. Anyway. (laughs) So, yeah. um, So I was thinking about that, and that was going through my head. And that triggered thoughts back to when I uh, lived out a lot of people's childhood fantasies by being in a band actually like four different bands but uh, nonetheless so I was thinking back to you know when, when you're when you're growing up when you're when you're little and one of the questions you hear from a lot of people what do you want to be when you grow up and you know, usually it changes every day you know yesterday I wanted to be an astronaut today I want to be a fireman tomorrow probably a baseball player yeah but uh, at one time or another a lot of people I want to be a musician I want to be a rock star all right so so today is the adventures of a band bar bassist (laughs) all right so I've always enjoyed music always loved music and uh, started off with voice. Um, took a little piano along the way. Uh, as I was doing that, I realized that I had perfect pitch. Um, you know, somebody plays a song, and I can tell you uh, that's in G flat, that's in D major, and whatever. Um, yeah, I can identify the the frequencies. So that really helped me as I uh, endeavored to perform. And uh, so, of course, you know, at some point, you know, my friends and I would get together and 
just kind of jam out, you know, play nonsense songs, you know, banging away on the piano, and uh, another friend of mine's playing the drums, and, you know, it, it sounds awful, and it's a bunch of noise, but, you know, back then, we thought, oh, this is awesome, man, we're, we're so awesome. So, um, once I got a little older, uh, focused on voice, and sang in both the junior high and high school choirs, Corral, as it was called in uh, high school. That was also part of a uh, select uh, group of voices uh, from the Corral, and we also did songs. And most of the songs were either um, inspirational or uh, classical-based, um, yeah, more traditional uh, music. So. Uh, really, as I learned to sing, everything was very classically based. Um, uh, you really didn't go anywhere outside of your your what's called your chest voice, which is your natural speaking voice. But as you know, you can exaggerate your voice and you can talk real high. Uh, <laughs> whatever. So yeah, there's uh, you know a, a chest register, a head register. There's falsetto, um, you know, several different ranges. So in classical, you really only use your chest voice and maybe a little bit of head voice as you hit the upper range of your your natural speaking voice. But uh, anyway, so I did that, and uh, after high school was over, I was, uh, at that point, I was very heavily involved in uh, my church youth group, and there were, um, there were some other members of the youth group that were very good musicians, very talented, and uh, wanted to start a band, and they asked me to be the lead vocalist. Oh, okay, that's cool. So, uh, so funny story number one. Okay, so we're we're, ca we're called we called ourselves Doxology. We were a Christian contemporary cover band or Christian rock cover band, and we uh, we did songs by groups like Degarmo and Key and Petra and. Uh, Milan Lefebvre and, uh, you know, popular Christian artists like that. So, <laughs> so a rehearsal space was in an old high school. It was no longer a school. It was kind of a, you know, they called it a community co-op. It was a bunch of small businesses uh, that shared the space. Uh, whether it was uh, artists or a consignment shop or small eateries, um, all, almost like a small indoor mall in this high school. So anyway, some of the uh, some of the shopkeepers started to rent out their space to people like us, you know, musicians who just needed a practice space, 
before the evening because the places were only open from like 9 to 5. So once a week we would gather in the evening and we'd be rehearsing our songs and it was this big cavernous room, wood floors, very high ceilings, um, glass panes all around so the acoustics were terrible. Yeah, we, we, we were we were in our own little echo chamber. Uh, so anyway, we're singing along. And a couple weeks in, we notice, oh, there's another band down the hall in the room next to us. And these guys were a thrash metal band. So, yeah, we'd be in between songs. And yeah, the door is closed. And their door is closed. But still, you, know, you could you could hear it. Yeah. So they're over there. I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. <laughs> that, that was literally uh, the lyrics of the one song they were doing. <laughs> so, yeah, I kind of got to the point where we're kind of having a, a little bit of a sound war. You know, we're over doing our thing. You know, I'm going to heaven. I hate you, I hate you. <laughs> Back and forth. So, you know, we never saw these guys for, you know, a couple months. So the one day, you know, we had just finished up doing one of our songs. And we hear a knock on the door. I'm like, what the heck? And so we open the door, and here's one of the guys from the thrash band. And he looks the part. You know, he's got long black hair. He's got makeup on leather jacket, metal studs, and, you know, torn jeans, and all that kind of stuff, and, uh, he's holding this little basset hound puppy, he's like, hey, you guys want a puppy? <laughs> and we're trying not to laugh in front of them, because, you know, we're figuring, okay, here's one of the dudes, that, I hate you, would you like a puppy? <laughs> so we're like, oh, yeah, this, you know, your dog you giving away? Oh no, I just found him outside. <laughs> um, no, we're good, thanks. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that, we, we had a good laugh, and every now and then I'll uh, get in touch with the old bass player from that band, and uh, you know, just out of the blue, you know, hey, you want a puppy? <laughs> so 30-some uh, years later, sorry, 40 years later, it's... Uh, yeah, still a thing. So, anyway, um, sang with them for about a year, and uh, <laughs> my time wrapped up with them when uh, we were doing a, a small concert for the church youth group, and I just totally blew out my voice. And I'm 19 years old, um, so and this is the first time I've ever sung with a lot of power and a lot of volume and in my higher register and so I didn't know anything about proper breathing or phrasing or anything like that so the you know, last song of our set I totally blew my voice on the last verse so I just screamed out the chorus and exit stage left <laughs> that was the end of that uh, so anyway um, that, that was my first band experience. Uh, then I moved on uh, again. Though this was related to another uh, church youth group. Uh, when I moved 
to the to northeastern Pennsylvania, where I've lived for the last almost 40 years now. Um, <laughs> uh, the, I, start, I started helping out with the youth group. I was already kind of beyond the age, but um, the youth pastor kind of needed some yeah, some helpers, right-hand men to um, to just uh, take care of things with youth group. So, anyway, they had a little um, band, uh, a worship band that uh, they had, and uh, it was the youth pastor playing guitar, and uh, one of the youth group members, he's playing electric guitar, another guy on drums, and uh, one guy trying to play bass, and doing it very, very poorly. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, uh, the young guitarist comes up to me after at, one, at the end of the, the evening one night. He's like, man, you got to get a bass. You know, you got you to play with us. I didn't even say anything about playing bass. As a matter of fact, uh, up to this point, there was only one experience I ever had with playing bass. And uh, that was kind of a, a, a misnomer. <laughs> um, a uh, Christian artist by the name of Rick Kua, bassist. He, he used to be in the band The Outlaws. And then he became a uh, Christian solo artist. So anyway, he was playing uh, up in New York where I grew up uh, for a concert. And I'm, it was just a small gathering. So, you know, it wasn't like he was... Um, getting paid much for, for, for being there. Uh, it was just him on the bass, him singing, and uh, background tracks. But anyway, uh, beforehand, yeah, I'm, I met with him, and I'm just kind of looking at the bass, which is sitting in the case, and I go, wow, that's really nice. And I don't even remember what brand it was or anything like that. But he said, hey, you, know, you want to play? He's like, uh, okay, uh, let me give it a try. So I immediately played the entire uh, bass line of one of his uh, popular songs called I Can, I Will at that time. And it's like, oh, you play bass? I was like, no, nah, it's the first time. It was like, cute. <laughs> I didn't make a very good impression on him. Uh, but anyway, um, you know, that was that perfect pitch. Uh, I was just able to hear the notes in my head and just play them. So anyway, you know, move forward to being in this youth group there. They're looking for a bassist because the other guy is not good. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, you got to get a bass. I was like, I don't know, man. And uh, thought about it a couple days. And it's like, no, I got to get a bass. So, you know, this will be cool. So, went down to a pawn shop in town and found a really super beat-up Washburn X4. And, I mean, this thing was so beat-up, the fretboard was peeling off the neck. Uh, the uh, the higher frets were bent up so bad that they were actually coming in contact with the strings. And so I bought it, and I immediately, when I got it home, I had to saw off the top five or six frets of the fretboard just so I could get tone out of this thing. And uh, so 
and I started playing with uh, with the, the youth group band. And then, after about a year or so, a uh, new pastor came and a new senior pastor, and he really wanted to kind of contemporize uh, worship on Sunday morning. So he asked us to start doing worship on Sunday mornings. So. And by this time, I had moved up to uh, a better bass. It was still a really, really cheap squire bass, but uh, at least it, it it played better, it sounded better. Yeah. So um, after some time, uh, the youth pastor started getting uh, requests uh, for us to all come and play out in public. Uh, so we'd play at like lot parties and uh, we'd go down to the county prison and play for the inmates and stuff like that. So, you know, we're, you know, we're kind of like getting gigs, so to speak. So, you know, we ended up calling ourselves Refiner's Fire. I was the one who came up with the, uh, the band name. And, uh, if, if, so, you know, we're trying to figure out a band name. Oh, what about this? Uh, how about you? Uh, so I just kind of on a whim, hey, how about Refiner's Fire? And I was like, whoa, that sounds really cool. So, yeah, that's what we started calling ourselves. Um, we actually went into a local studio and recorded an album of a whole bunch of uh, contemporary praise and worship songs. And uh, so... Uh, you know, I played on that, and uh, I can remember vividly, uh, yeah, because when you're in the studio, everything's kind of recorded piecemeal, uh, kind of what they what they call composite recording, and uh, everyone else had laid down their tracks, and I had been out of town for a while, so I was the last one to... Uh, to actually record. So I get put on the headphones and I hear everything and I start playing along. And, you know, every song you know, had to redo some sections. Got through one song and it was all one take. It's like, that, that's perfect. Guy's like, yeah, you sure? It's like, absolutely. You know, don't touch it. <laughs> it's perfect. And, uh, you know, Youth Pastor's like, yeah, that, that, that sounded great to me. So, did that for 10 years and uh, not to go into this whole story but I kind of started having uh, uh, a crisis with my faith and so I really wasn't interested in doing church music anymore or worship music so for a little while put the bass down I would by this time I had gotten myself a nice custom five string carbon um, and that was my investment. That was my baby. And still have it. But anyway, um, so, you know, I didn't think I was going to be playing much anymore. I just kind of tinker around with it at, at the house. You know, I'd put on, put on one of my favorite artists. You know, I'd put on a Super Tramp album, play along to that, or, you know, whatever. Um, so, at this time, this is back in 2008 now, uh, 
the, I was on MySpace. That was what was really big before Facebook. And uh, I found this local group. Well, it wasn't really a group. It was just a duo. It was a guitarist, Scott, singer, composer, and his friend on the drum, Peter. And uh, they were doing original music. It's like, oh, that's cool. And then I, you know, after a little bit, you know, they said, oh, we're looking for a bassist. So I actually met with them, uh, a local, local pub, and started talking with them. And you know, this, this wasn't an audition, so it was just me talking to them. And, and uh, you know, I explained to them, you know, hey, you know, as far as playing, you know, my technique is terrible, but I can make I can make it sound like whatever you needed to make it sound like. You know, I yeah, I, I play everything by ear. I said, like, oh, okay, that's cool. And so, and so they said, you know, come come on in audition for us. And did that? They said, oh, it's fantastic. I I had gone through a, a they'd hand me some demos of some some songs that they had recorded. And uh, came back like a week and a half later, and they ripped through all of them. And they were like, "Oh yeah, you're you're in." So uh, it was just three of us. Um, we called ourselves Something Wicked. Um, and this was very dark, macabre music. Um, we we did a lot of covers uh, as well, but you know, we our main goal was to play originals. And uh, by this time, by the time I joined the band. Scott and Peter had finished their album. They had self-produced an album. And uh, so everything was done. And Scott had done the bass, but very simple. And now, you know, I'm, I'm practicing with them and expanding the, the bass lines and making it fuller and whatnot. So, uh, you know, we practiced for a couple months. Okay, we're ready to get some gigs. So, yeah, we started playing at uh, little bars around the area. And uh, two funny stories. The first one, we go to this bar, if you can call it that. The place was, it was called Tomino's Lounge. And it was only like three blocks from my house, which was really convenient for me. You know, I, the drummer had the load in and, uh, you know, you know they're bringing in sound equipment and everything like that. And it's like, oh, I'm just three, three blocks away. <laughs> but the place... It looked and smelled like something straight out of the early 1970s. I mean, this place was a dive. <laughs> but, yeah, we were playing it. And uh, so anyway, so we, we uh, you know, first gig, you know, we, we go to get set up on the stage. And the stage was just this platform that was one step higher than the rest of the floor. And uh, nobody mentioned to us as we were bringing in all our equipment that there was a really bad soft spot in the floor. So Peter, drummer, brings in his little uh, his his little stool, his throne, and sets it down, goes to sit down and goes flying backwards into the wall. <laughs> like, oh, I'm not sitting there. So uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, here's the glamour of playing in a bar band. Um, <laughs> so we played together for about two years, and uh, if, if things were starting to get 
a little old. I was just really kind of getting tired of the really dark, depressing music. And, uh, <laughs> also, um, Scott, the, the lead singer guitarist was moving. He was about to get married and he, uh, his, his wife had a place way out in the boondocks, like way far away from us. So it was like 45 miles. So we're going, Oh man. So he, he books us our last gig turned out to be our last gig at a bar that was only about five miles from his house this little podunk biker bar out in the middle of nowhere and uh, so we get there and we're not even sure if Peter's going to show up because he was complaining the whole time it's so far, it's so far I don't know why we're playing this place I don't think I'm going to come so Scott and I had agreed that we'd just do do a duo act if if necessary. Well, you know, we get there and Pete shows up with his drums in his car. Well, you know, I'm here, but I think this is going to be my last gig. Said, okay. So <laughs> we go, we play, and, you know, there's all sorts of yelling and rowdiness and people getting into fights. It was like a scene out of the Blues Brothers only people weren't throwing bottles at us, thank God. Um, so we get done. We're starting to tear down our stuff. And uh, I'm helping. You know, I have, you know, with my bass, I had I had my bass, I had my amp, I had my my mic and my um, yeah, just real basic stuff. I didn't have that much. Um, I said, my setup was pretty simple. So I, I'm helping Peter carry his drums out. So we're walking out to his car and there's some gal defecating right next to his car. <laughs> and that was the end of that. <laughs> uh, never did see Peter again after that. Uh, and, uh, I guess, uh, he and Scott, even though they have been childhood buddies, that was about the end for them too. I mean, they. You know, I think I think Scott said that he talked to Peter a couple times, but anyway. So yeah, you know, that's the glamour of being in a bar band. Um, you know, there are well-rehearsed and professional-like acts that are out there. I, I, I know several people who uh, are in bands and they play in a local circuit. And they actually draw really, really good crowds and, you know, they're, they're making decent money doing it and stuff. But you know, that wasn't us. That, we were just <laughs> flying by the seat of our pants. But... It was an interesting experience. Um, played in another band that was just duo act. It was just a guy on guitar and me on bass. We did that for a little while, and um, you know, time for that ended. And uh, I really hadn't done much. I mean, I'd every now and then again play my bass at home until I broke my wrist uh, a couple of years ago. 
and I mean, I shattered my wrist. This was actually the second time I had broken my wrist in the exact same place. First time was when I was 17, and this time I, it was shattered, and the doctor didn't even bother to set it, so everything healed at an angle, and so I don't even have full range of motion anymore. I don't have full strength in that wrist. And I just, I tried playing bass and I just can't get enough pressure on, on the fretboard to get a good tone. So it's like, well, that's it. Yeah, I had a good run. Uh, but, yeah, it, <laughs> it was it was a fun part of, uh, of the journey. The fun part of taking another trip around the sun. So... Yeah, that, that's something else I can put in my resume as like a uh, uh, hack bassist, uh, post uh, postal carrier, uh, truck driver, <laughs> shoe salesman. Uh, <laughs> uh, done a little bit of everything. So that's the stories for today. I'm reliving some tales. All right, well, I'm going to end this. It's been a half an hour, just having some fun rambling. All right, so I'm going to prepare for um, this weekend's hockey podcast. Go on from there. All right, well, I hope you have a wonderful day. Make the most of today. Make the most of this weekend. Make the most of the rest of the year. And in the meantime... Be excellent to yourself and to each other. I'm Gary Ryan. Take care.